guys, this is Britt. Welcome back to another episode of Simply Put. Here's what I need you to know. Even sitting in my chair, getting ready to record this, I feel so nervous, which tells me one thing that today's topic um, is an important one. And I truly do believe that it is something that is going to help you navigate in this season. And so today we're going to be looking at Luke chapter nine. And the idea of today is, but first let me. So I'm super excited for what God has in store with us. Thanks so much for tuning in. Let's do this. Welcome to Simply Put, a podcast that has been brought to life with you in mind. Whether you consider yourself an all-in Christian or have never been introduced to the freedom found in God, this podcast is for you. While the Bible might seem complicated, God's message is rather simple. Every week, you can expect Brit to take God's Word and break it down into something we can all better understand. Now here's your host, Brit. All right, guys, here we go. So starting in Luke chapter 9, verses 57 through 62, I'm going to read it all the way through, and then we're going to go back up and talk about it. So starting in verse 57, it says, As they were walking along, someone said to Jesus, I will follow you wherever you go. But Jesus replied, Foxes have dens to live in and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place even to lay his head. He said to another person, Come follow me. The man agreed. But he said, Lord, first let me return home and bury my father. But Jesus told him, let the spiritually dead bury their own dead. Your duty is to go and preach about the kingdom of God. Another said, yes, Lord, I will follow you. But first, let me say goodbye to my family. But Jesus told him, anyone who puts a hand to the plow and then looks back is not fit for the kingdom of God. All right. So I want to start with the hypothetical question because I actually already know the answer is yes, but have you ever said, I will do this, but first let me get it together. I don't know what realm that is for you. That could be fitness. That could be biblical. That could be family. That could be relationally, whatever it is, you know, your season of singleness, your weight loss journey, your journey with the Lord, whatever it is. You say, I will do this, but first Let me do this. And of course, we do this all the time. You know, this is our way to explain preparation. We want to explain why we're doing what we're doing and why we're delaying ultimately what we know we should be doing. And that's exactly what's taking place in this scripture. And it's so easy to breeze over what's happening between Jesus and these men. But Today, I want us to stop in the midst of this because I think specifically throughout this pandemic and uh, COVID-19, one thing that can be so easy for us to do is to put off things that God is asking us to do. And often we do it with good intention. We don't do it out of disobedience. But my heart today is that we would be able to shift our mindset to see how God can use the power of immediacy in this season. And so let's start with verse 57. It says, as they were walking along, someone said to Jesus, I will follow you wherever you go. So based on this statement, here's what we know. They were already walking with Jesus. But 
From the context of what comes next, here's what I would bet is that they were walking with Jesus, but they were walking in territory that they were comfortable in. They were still close enough to see the shoreline. They were still close enough to see their homes. They were still comfortable where Jesus had led them. And I think if we're honest, this is where many of us, uh, it's not even that we get stuck here. It's just that we stop here. We're walking with Jesus, but he wants to draw us deeper. He wants to draw us into something that is uncomfortable, that forces us to be dependent on him. But I think we can all agree, you know, there's something that we love about places that we know. And there's something so, I don't know, it's not even satisfying. It's just safe. That's a good word. And there's something so safe about sticking to what we know, not asking questions and doing what we were told to do. And I think many people in their faith walk, and I've been there too, where we just get to that point where we just do this because this is what we do. And we never stop to wonder, what if there is more? What if God has more for my life? And verse 58 says, but Jesus replied, foxes have dens to live in and birds have nests, but the son of man has no place even to lay his head. And I love how the message version um, puts this verse. It says, Jesus was curt. Are you ready to rough it? We're not staying in the best inns, you know. And that statement sounds so blunt, but I really think it addresses just this this false truth that we've honestly believed life with Jesus would be easy and comfortable. And what I know from my walk with Christ is the deeper I go with him, the more I know about him, the more um, I lean into him, the more uncomfortable I become. And one of my favorite questions to just ask girls I'm walking with is like, do you feel lonely? And I never ask that from a place of you shouldn't feel lonely. I think that when we feel lonely, I truly believe this. When we feel lonely, we are probably walking in exactly what God has called us to walk in. Because even in this piece of scripture, he's like, hey, guys, you're going to feel uncomfortable. You're going to feel like you don't belong. And I, I truly believe that, you know, the further out we get from feeling like we belong to something, the more a like Christ we are because over and over again throughout the gospels, we just see him like completely ostracized from everything that's going on. And that's exactly what's happening in this verse. He's like, Hey guys, like I know that you say that, but you do know that this isn't glamorous. This is, this is glorious in eternity, but hard work right now. Verse 59 says, he said to another person, come, follow me. And before we go to part B of that verse, I just want to stop here because I think it's so easy to look at the verse before and say, you know, it, it's, it's hard to follow Jesus. It's rough to follow Jesus. He calls us into places that are uncomfortable. But, you know, one comfort in that is that he never calls you into something he hasn't walked through. And he'll never put you through something that he hasn't gone before you in. And I think if we can anchor down in this truth in this season, some of us are facing anxiety like never before and anger like never before and depression and frustration and pride and all of these things that are crumbling. And, you know, 
we're really, we're faced with ourselves. That's the scariest part about this season is throughout the social distancing, the distractions are falling away. And ultimately the person that we've stared at in the mirror for years and years and years, that's who we are having to face. And so the person that has filled their schedule for years and years because they wanted to feel validated and appreciated, all of a sudden their schedule is cleared and they're having to find validation from somewhere else. Or the person that is always, you know, going above and beyond and going out of their way to serve everybody, but they've never stopped to consider what it would look like to serve their family to that capacity or their friends to that capacity. So we're staring at ourselves in in a mirror and we're running into the things that we've tried tried to avoid for so long. And in this season, one of the scariest things we can do is actually come face to face with the things we're feeling. And so this word, come follow me, is so important because this is the call on our lives. This is the call on anybody that has ever said they believe in Jesus. This is his um, response to us. He says, all right, come follow me. And when we follow him, just like if we were playing follow the leader, you know, here's what we know is he is leading the way, which means he experiences, he witnesses, he understands, he knows every single thing before we ever come up against it. So as we go through these next couple verses, I just pray that hits home for somebody right now. I believe that was a word for someone that you are facing yourself and you don't want to go. And Jesus is saying, come follow me. And you're saying, but first, let me get it in order. And Jesus is saying, come follow me. And that's exactly what we see in the second part of that verse. It says the man agreed, but he said, Lord, first, let me return home and bury my father. Now, here's what's so interesting about this verse is we can look at it in a way that his father has already died, but historically, if his father would have been dead, there would have been a grieving period. And so what theologians believe he is referring to in this statement is my father is old in age. Let me go home and wait it out until he passes. Let me grieve and then I will follow you. And I think the best way to really depict this verse is this idea of waiting on someone, waiting on something to happen before we follow Jesus. So I'll just be a very transparent book right here. Um, Early on in my 20s, I had this idea that when I got married, I would be pleasing to God because I would be having uh, sex within the context of marriage. And so then God wouldn't be upset with me. I, that is like, I have learned so much about purity and everything over the last uh, few years. But this is a real true belief in my early 20s was this idea that God would only be mad at me as long as I was living in that sin. I don't know if I'm the only one that believed that, but I'm just telling you what I believed so real is there, there was an excuse for my sin. It it was just this idea that this isn't going to last forever. And so 
God will forgive me once I'm married for this sin. Now, again, I don't know if you can translate that into a realm of your life. I don't know if you have believed that. I have learned purity is so much different than just not having sex. But this is that's a whole nother conversation for another day. But but here's what I'm saying about this is there's this idea that we're waiting on someone, waiting on something to happen before we follow Jesus. And so in that time, I would say once I'm married, I will serve the Lord. And, and I know I'm single and 27, so this makes no sense anymore. But it really, in my mind, made so much sense. I didn't want to serve God because I knew I was living in sin, but I also knew that at one point he would forgive me. I mean, it was such a backwards way, but I think if we're honest, this is where many of us spend our lives. I mean, over and over again, we've been told that if our habits don't change, God can't uh, change our heart. And friend, here's what I just believe this is a specific word from the Lord. Um, once God has your heart, your habits will change. And so Ezekiel 36, 26 is just a really good reference of this. It says, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. Now, here's the thing about that. The only way for God to give you a new heart is if you're willing to give him the heart that you have. And and this really just goes into this same context of waiting on someone or waiting on something because there's this delay in us that feels like we have to have it together in order to come to Jesus. And friend, that just can't be any further from the truth. I just, I got like just the Holy Spirit. This is setting somebody free today. Um, because I think you've been so bound by your butt firsts and you need to hear specifically that um, God knows your butt first and his call is still come follow me. Like he is not worried about your past. He is focused on your future. And the only way to step into the fullness of your future is to follow him. Now remind you, he's already gone before you. He's already been there. He already knows what's ahead. But I just believe that was a word for somebody that You've been believing the lie that waiting on this something or this someone is going to fulfill your walk with Christ and put you in right standing. And here's what I believe is God is saying to you right now, uh, Holy Spirit, help me to pick this. He's saying you are already in right standing with me. Just like repent, come back. Because we've got things to do, like we've got kingdom work. You have a responsibility in this kingdom that I have set aside for you. Let's not waste it. And that's exactly what we see in verse 60. It says, but Jesus told him, let the spiritually dead bury their own dead. Your duty is to go and preach about the kingdom of God. And I, again, I love the way the message version uh, tells this verse. It says, Jesus refused. First things first. You would think that's a Missy Elliott line. First things first on the real, is that Missy? I don't know. Uh, first things first. Your business is life, not death. And life is urgent. Announce God's kingdom. Man, I, I don't know. I feel like I'm getting set free by this scripture. Because the truth of the matter is, is how many times do we worry about the things that we can't control? How many times do we spend all our energy caught up in things that aren't going anywhere? And we do it and we use it as an excuse for the reason that we're not following God in this season. And friend, I just came to encourage you that it's time to lay down those butt first. And it's time to come to him and follow him and trust that where he's leading you is good. 
Because then we see in the very next verse, he says, another said, 61, yes, Lord, I will follow you. But first, let me say goodbye to my family. Now, I think that we read this and we're like, oh, yes, like you should say goodbye to your family. But in verse 61, in the message version again, it says, another said, I'm ready to follow you, master, but excuse me while I get things straightened out at home. And I think when we put it in that context, all of a sudden it hits a little closer in our spirits because I know we all know this so well. You know, there's something in us that feels like we have to get it together before we can come to Jesus. And um, I think the biggest one on my heart for just specifically this reference is this idea of giving. I mean, how many times do we think, well, I can't give in this season, but when I do have the money, I will give more. This is such a... um, this is, this is so true. You guys, and I know this is a very financially difficult season. I am with you in that uh, layoffs and all of that. But this is the check I've been putting on my heart is I've been actually trying to give more with less because I don't want to become attached to the resource. I want to become attached to the capital R resource. I want to be attached to God who gives good things, not to the good things themselves. And this is, again, a, maybe another topic for another day, but... It's so important for us not to get fixated on this idea of us having it together before we bring it to Jesus. And I love how Jesus puts this in uh, Mark 2, 17 that says, you know, it's not the healthy who need a doctor. Sick people need a doctor. And how many of us think that, you know, the call on our lives or the call to ministry or the call to tell somebody about Jesus or whatever, we feel unqualified to do it. We're like, well, we'll leave it to the people that are spiritually sound. We'll leave it to the people that pray every day. We'll leave it. And we, we spend our whole lives becoming apathetic towards the call of Christ, which is come and follow me. I mean, we're, we're trying so hard to get it together and I think if Jesus could sit on the couch with us, he would be like, you can stop now because you want to know if you bring all that to me, I'll put it together a lot faster than you will here. And we spend our wheels just trying to, you know, bury things that are already dead. They're already gone. We, we just try to rehash them and relive them. And God is saying, there's a new promise, a new life ahead of you, but you have to be willing to leave the old. And just to give you like a, practical example of this, of how I had to work this out in my spirit. You know, I talk about all, all the time. I talk about the early days of my sobriety and just really muscling through that. And the reason I decided to get sober is because I recognized that there was always tequila Tuesday coming. There's always thirsty Thursday coming. The weekend is always coming. Those days don't stop coming. And so The thing is, unless you make a decision to stop it, it's going to come and it's going to keep coming. But the only way for you to overcome that is for you to make a decision to not partake in it anymore. And man, again, I just believe this is setting somebody free. Um, It's time to move on. You know, in a pep talk earlier this week, we talked about breaking camp and moving on and pressing forward. And I think in this season specifically, as we face ourselves, which means the ugly and the not so pretty. I I just truly believe this is a word from the Lord. It's time to move on. 
It's time to leave those things behind. It's time to leave those old patterns and those old things you used to call yourselves and those old lies you used to believe. It's time to leave those behind and step into the fullness that God has called you to because the call in your life is that you would follow Jesus. Not that you would follow fear, not that you would follow insecurity, not that you would follow lust, not that you would follow pornography, not that you would follow your, the call on your life is to follow Jesus. And so do that. And I'm not saying that's easy. I'm not saying it's going to come overnight, but I'm just saying in this season where we're forced to face ourselves, how about, and I'm speaking to myself too, how about we make a decision to step forward? towards him every single time to not be succumbed by the past that so easily haunts us. Verse 62 says, but Jesus told him anyone who puts a hand to the plow and then looks back is not fit for the kingdom of God. Verse 62 in the message version says, Jesus said, no procrastination, no backwards looking. You can't put God's kingdom off till tomorrow seize the day. And I've been feeling this so real in this season. Um, And we see this in the book of Deuteronomy and the book of Exodus as well. But this idea that there's an opportune window of time to do what God has asked you to do. And James 4.17 says, delayed obedience is disobedience. And that is just such a I know that this is a tough topic. I just prayed the person on the other end of this. I hope you're not having like a panic attack, but like, I just truly believe that there are things that God has called you to do that you already know he's called you to do and you're not doing them. In fact, I would even go as far to say that, um, man, I don't know. This is specifically for somebody. I would go as far to say that it's time for you to get out of the thought pattern of your past and step forward into who God is calling you to be. Because I think this idea, this verse just keeps standing out to me. Let the spiritually dead bury their own dead. Your duty is to go and preach about the kingdom of God. And we're so easily bound in the things that we can't do. We're so easily just um, fixated on the places that we can't get through, the things that we can't get over. We're just so fixated on this. And I just believe that, you know, I know Jesus calls us over and over again. He's like, come follow me. Set your eyes on the silver lining. Stop looking at discouragement. Stop looking at what happened. Stop looking at the past and trust that I'm a good father that loves you, that has good things in store for you. But we have to be willing to put our hands at work and not look back. To stay focused on what's ahead of us and to trust that what's ahead is better than what was left behind. And I know this is hard. I know that this isn't, I'm sorry, this isn't like a glamorous topic, but I believe it's a timely one because in this season, here's what I know is God wants to do something through you. God wants to bring new ministry to life. God wants to revive people. God wants to bring people to him through you. But the only way you can do that is if you're willing to follow him, is if you're willing to follow his lead and trust his guidance and know, friend, his plan for your life is good. So many times I wish I could go back, you know, I think about this all the time. I wish I could go back to like 20-year-old me that I would go back as far as 18, that thought fullness could come from anything and anyone but Jesus Christ. 
Because I, you know, for years, I just tried to fill that void with things and people and positions and pride and all these things. And I just wish I could go back and have a conversation with me at 18 because I would tell her, I would say the fullness of everything that you're looking to find through your top eight friends on MySpace or your Facebook profile photo or your Instagram or anything like that, whatever you're looking to find, you won't find it there. The wholeness you want to feel, you won't find it there. The validation you're looking for, you won't find it there. But the validation and the goodness of this life can only come through relationship with him, through the truth that we follow him, that we don't look back, but that we walk forward um, as his new creation. And so my prayer for us uh, as, you know, COVID-19 continues is that we wouldn't be people that would continually look back, but we would be people that set our eyes on the things that are ahead, that we would stay focused and fixate our hearts on the truth that it's our responsibility to tell people about Jesus. It's our responsibility to walk this out to go outside of our comfort zones and follow him, not run ahead of him, not stay behind, but let us just follow where he wants us to go. A few verses down, um, and we won't spend time on it, but it says um, in chapter 10, verse two, it says these were his instructions to them. The harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send more workers into his field. Now go and remember that I am sending you out as lambs among wolves. Don't take anything with you, not a bag, not a pair of sandals, and don't stop to greet anyone on the road. Just stay focused. And I think that verse ties so into what we're talking about because really Jesus is calling us, come follow me. But this is my prayer for you. And this is my prayer for me is that we would be people that are willing to gather the harvest. You know, in this time, people are broken and people are hurting and people are longing for hope. And you can be that hope. You can experience that hope. You can spread that hope. I think the only thing that spreads faster than fear and COVID-19 is hope. So encourage somebody. Work faithfully for the harvest that God has given you and just follow him. No, but first letting the past go and stepping forward into all he has called you to. Thanks for hanging out today, guys. Look, I just had to take a deep breath there. I honestly, I just, man, I don't feel so nervous anymore, but I do know that this is a heavy topic, but also one that, man, I just believe in the power of this specific word. And so my prayer for us as we go forward is that we would be people that believe this, that we follow him and that we trust where he's leading. Thanks for hanging out with us today, guys. Join us every morning on our pep talks. And again, we'll be back here diving into more scripture uh, next week. And so I love you guys. Thank you so much for just staying faithful to listening and praying for you throughout this. Have a great week. Bye, guys. <laughs>